0: Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Oh, yes. Welcome back. It is the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Tim Petrop, here with the only two twins that always remind me to make the show around an hour, and we never do. Michael and Jason Petrop. what's up, guys?
1: All to the fault of the host. Come on, right? Right, people (laughs) listening, I know you can't answer us right now, but if if the show runs long, then it's the host's fault no matter what. If I ramble right now for 30 minutes, it's Tim's fault. He should cut me off. I mean, not for nothing. The podcasts I listen to, I don't mind when they're longer, so... <laughs> well, we maybe do. the people enjoy the longer podcast.
0: So far, so good. Oh, that's all I'm saying. So far, so good. Um, speaking about so far, so good. I hope everyone is having some success. Week four, uh, officially the last week that you could take last year into consideration, and you honestly should probably should be limiting your. According to us, looking. <laughs> according, I mean that according to me, yes, the things I'm saying are according to me. Uh, you know, especially when you are. Yeah, I lost my train of thought now.
1: Thanks, Mike. Sorry, but you said officially. You made it seem like it was some official thing. Okay, fine. Like it's some like official NFL statement. Like after four weeks, no longer look at the last year. Like I, No, it's, it's, it's I, our official statement.
0: If I had it my way, it would be official. It would be like rule 73 section, section R4. It would like be the ad hocly. Yeah, exactly. It would just be stop looking at last year after week four. And you probably shouldn't be looking at last year this week anyway because, you know, some teams have gotten an easy schedule. Like, the Broncos have gotten a really easy schedule. So it's hard to put your finger on the Broncos right now. Um, But there are some teams that have had good, you know, opponents, bad opponents, and you get to see a lot. So, like, and teams are different than last year. Like I already mentioned before, 12 new starting quarterbacks that weren't starting quarterbacks to begin last year, so that's a that's a, a third of the league in a complete turnover. So, you know, when you have years like that, it's hard to go back a year, especially during the pandemic. There was no crowds. You see the you see again how big of an impact the crowds have. So, you know, it's just a it's just a completely different year. Anyway, um, with that being said, we are excited to bring you into the fray here and to week four. But we're also excited to bring you our baby, our pride and joy. The Fantasy Football by Brodo app. It is the only app you need to dominate fantasy football in a spectacular way. Because it has fantasy player cards, which are basically player profiles, except a lot more like interactive and fun. Who to draft tool, player comps, usage charts. I cannot tell you how much usage charts on the Brodo Fantasy app has helped me personally. In this year's, in, in being a, an analyst this year. It's, it's helped me tremendously. Consistency charts, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and advanced stats, including true throw value and true target value, and the genius, the fourth, the, the, the brother from another mother, Santiago Casanova, he came up with a way to weight air yards so that you don't waste your time on people who caught, who didn't catch a Hail Mary that had no chance to get to them. He weighted it, so now it's a stat that you can actually use. That is as predictive as people think air yards is supposed to be. It's phenomenal, and it's only yeah, it's
1: fucking stupid. Air yards <laughs> is fucking stupid. You all know I think that basic shit goes and posts air yards when, um, like as if it's a promotion for air yards. Like the cream rises to the crop, and the top ten was like, if I had like MVS. And Claypool and Sutton and like Emmanuel Sanders or some shit. Like, what the fuck are you babbling about? These are not top 10 wide receivers. The cream has not risen to the top. These are the dumbest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> but now, what Cass does is say, hey, you dumbass people who use his dumbass stat. Now it's not dumb. Now it takes into consideration completion percentage. So, if it's a 50 yard pass out of bounds, you have no shot at catching. It doesn't matter anymore. It takes the dumb out of the stat. You know where Marcus Valdez-Scantling ranks in adjusted air yards? 44th. And everyone, because he's like top five in air yards, thinks the guy's going to be a beast in what? His fucking fourth, fifth, sixth year in the league after being super mediocre year after year. So yeah, check out adjusted air yards on the app.
0: Uh, That, yeah, you you say I go on rants. The twin said, Oh, you guys you always go on rants, and that's why we go over. I go on rants. Uh, I like to yell about things at times, right? <laughs> um, and you know, the reason why we could do this, the reason why we can spend our time coming up with this stuff and you know, putting our minds to this end is because of our patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. The best community in the world. You get access to that, you get access to a free episode, you get access to Team consultations, playing in leagues with us. It's honestly there's so there's so many other things I can't even say, but we've already gone too much. patreoncom slash fantasy. If you want to support the show, we hope you do. We hope you want to support the show. We hope you want to support the app. Um, and if you're listening, if you could do that, if you could, say, you know, it's it's weird times. So if you can't do it, I understand. But if you could, and you are willing, please do because it, every single dollar helps to advance this to the next level like we put every single dollar we make back into the business and we try to advance and we try to always be better than we were the year before and particularly this year we've taken this step with the app last year we took the step with the website the websites you know i i don't know i don't know if i should be saying this out loud but the website has doubled its views every single year so we're growing at a 100 percent rate every single year the app has been highly successful and we thank you. And uh, the patrons are the reason why. So patreon.com slash broader fantasy. But let's get into the real reason why you guys would even want to support 81 us. 81 patrons, baby. 81 this patrons. Like tell, baby. Yeah, baby.
1: 81 patrons, 81 baby. Patrons.
0: 81 patrons. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. It it, it fuels us. It fuels us. Um, with that being said, I'm like cold. My my feet are so cold. I'm not used to... You're cold,
1: Tim. I'm
0: not used Jason, to this weather. I'm in
1: Ithaca for the week, and Jason tells me... Yeah, just pack like one sweater. Oh, and, that's a and bad it's idea. been freezing the entire week. Oh it wasn't God. this cold last time I was here. Yeah, because
0: it was it was August or early September. What are you doing? The last time I was here was early uh, early September. Earlier, I September. come every
1: week for school. Earlier, traveling about
0: earlier September. How about that?
1: Oh, five days before September. Yeah, yeah it's cold weather, Jason. It changes. Well, pardon me <laughs> for not knowing. It got infinitely colder five days later. <laughs> well yeah you're not pardoned
0: okay beg beg your pardon beg it no um but yeah I
1: please be pardoned <laughs>
0: you, usually on a pod- i beg of you <laughs> all right we gotta start uh it's so funny that this is one of the longer intros that we had probably ever right after you guys lectured me about making the podcast shorter just like a moment before we started <laughs> like less than 10 minutes ago anyway um Titans at Jets. Usually when podcast hosts get to talk about their favorite teams first, it's a good thing. But yeah, we're Jets fans. It's unfortunate. Um, another unfortunate thing is that the Titans are looks like they're not going to have Julio Jones, and they're not going to have A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, for sure, Julio Jones could be a game-time decision. But you know Julio Jones. He does this throughout his career. He, he misses practices. He's good in game time, starts the game leaves in the second half because he re-injures himself. Like, that's the Julio Jones story. So, Julio, playing Julio Jones terrifies me this this week if he is active. With that being said, let's assume he's not active because the Jets are a vulnerable defense. Um, their pass defense absolutely sucks. Uh, they're a bit of rush defense than they're given credit for, um, but also, Marcus May, they're maybe one of the best safeties in the league. They get no credit because they're not a shitty defense. Is out. Um so that's a shitty secondary's best player is gone. But the Titans don't have weapons to, to expose it. They have these three guys that have minimal success in the NFL. So, Jason, let's start with you. How are you looking at these Titans pass catchers?
1: I'm just going to come in real quick before, Jason, to cut you off and say the, the breakdown for the Jets, it seems that way because we watch the Jets and they suck. But because they are so bad, they're actually top five in fantasy points against for QBs, wide receivers, and tight ends, and bottom five against running backs. So just throwing that out there. What When you say top five, you mean? Like they've allowed the second least fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks because they suck. And teams just run on them nonstop after the first quarter.
0: Yeah. And, and which is which is why they're their good run defense doesn't really show because they're getting pounded and pounded and pounded and pounded. There's only so many stops you can make.
1: Um, Either way, that's the issue here. Yeah. Um, We saw it last week. Cortland Sutton did not have an enticing game because Teddy Bridgewater just didn't have to throw. And Tannehill, his throws are valuable. But how many throws is he going to have? Who are they going to go to? Westbrook, Aquina, Chester Rogers, and Josh Reynolds are the guys right now on the outside. Derrick Henry has had 63 carries the last two weeks. This is going to be the Derrick Henry show all over oh, again. Yeah. It's going to be a Anthony Furkser returns, fast. and maybe he's an interesting dart throw for tight end. But I, you can't touch any of these wide receivers, even though it's likely that one of them will put up at least wide receiver three numbers. Like Tannehill's good enough to help these guys. Westbrook Akina went four for 53 in a touchdown last week. But to trust these guys is a stretch, especially against the fucking Jets. Even last, like last week, like Jason pointed out, Tim Patrick got you wide receiver three numbers, but nothing crazy. Corlin Sutton didn't have a great game. Noah Fant had a very mediocre game. KJ Hamler, before his injury, wasn't doing much. It ended up just being Melvin Gordon was the only one that was really playable. Even Javante Williams didn't have that great of a fantasy game. So it's like, that's just how bad the Jets offense has been. It's just resulted in opposing offenses not needing to do much, which is unfortunate for someone like Ryan Tannehill, so, like Jason said, I agree with Julio and Brown out. I don't see how you could—even Tannehill, I'd, I'd be very hesitant starting this week in what seems like a great matchup. I, I agree that it just seems like it's going to be a big-time Derrick Henry day, and he has some RB1 overall potential. I'm going to say this, though,
0: because I like Anthony Ferkser, so I, I, I want to say that I like Anthony Ferkser. But there is something to be said about the Jets have faced Bill Belichick and the Patriots, they faced the Broncos, Vic Fangio, Von Miller, very good defensive team. And they faced the Carolina Panthers, who I've, I've sung his praises a lot on this program. Brett Coleman, he did a breakdown on the Carolina Panthers defense. Right now, the Carolina Panthers are projected to allow 200 less yards than the best rushing defense ever. And he went into how they're doing it, um, and he's... And he, and he said that's not even the best part. The pass defense is the best part. That defense is playing, it's for real right now. That defense is for real. So they face three very, very tough defenses. On the other side of the ball now, the Titans are not a tough defense. They're not. And they're the opposite. So is there a world where the Jets put up some numbers? Because I got to say, like I like Corey Davis a lot in this game. I think that Corey Davis is being slept on in this game because he's sucked the past couple of weeks. But the Titans' defense is nothing to be scared of, and I think if you give Zach Wilson a little time in the pocket, he's going to show you that he's not as bad as his numbers show. Already this year, like, his two interceptions last week went completely off the hands of receivers. Like, nobody mentioned, like, just completely. Braxton Barrios turned a phenomenal play into an interception just handed the guy the ball. So... I think there's a world where the Jets put up some some points here, and I think Corey Davis is a play.
1: How do you feel about that? Right now, the Jets' offense is offensively worse than the Titans' defense is defensively worse. So even though the Titans' defense sucks, the Jets' offense has been worse. And the thing is, everyone always talks about how David Carr was sacked a million times his rookie season and it ruined his career. That year, he had si- uh, 76 sacks. Right now, Zach Wilson's on pace for 85. It's just been a travesty, this offense. And I'm I'm fine with Corey Davis. But outside of that, he's the only person you can trust. Because Corey Davis yeah. is gonna see like eight targets at a minimum against lesser opponents. But outside of that, there's no one else you could trust right now. It's the Jets are like. I don't even know why we're spending so much time on them. Before it's we disgusting. go,
0: before we go into the next game, I think this needs to be said. Number one, I think Anthony Ferkser is a phenomenal play. I think that if you're even if you're like, I love to go play. Like I want to know what the the odds are on Anthony Ferkser scores a touchdown because I I love to bet that this week because I think that Anthony Ferkser scores a touchdown. Um,
1: I think it sure could be a sneaky play. Yeah, I want to add though. Um, re- regarding the Brodo app, unrealized adjusted air yards. Corey Davis' is top 10. So that could be a sign of things to come in the future. If you look at true throw value, he's absolutely abysmal. Um, tr- tends to start to get usable through three, four weeks. So um, we're definitely going to start saying the words true values more often in our podcast moving forward, and you should totally check those out in the stats page on the Broto app as well.
0: There are... There are... Three receivers, though. Nick Westbrook, Ikine, I think it is, Josh Reynolds, and Chester Rogers. I know you'd rather not play any of them, but if you have to play one, which is the guy you're going with?
1: I mean, it's Westbrook Ikine. He played over 70% of snaps compared to Chester Rogers, who is less than 45%, and Josh Reynolds, who was a healthy scratch.
0: I, my, my gut said Josh Reynolds at first, and then I found out he's a healthy scratch, and I was like, oh, that's, that's not good. I think another thing to say... The Tennessee has not been good against the pass catcher out of the backfield. Michael Carter might, might be interesting. And they're 29th in DVOA against the Rush. I think Michael Carter is an interesting play. Just putting that out there. All right, I think up. any
1: you have to temper expectations. Definitely more of a flex play for sure, but it just does not seem like a huge ceiling right now until we see some more consistency out of that Jets offense.
0: Sneaky if your team is is hemorrhaging or if you're in the, like a like I'm in a 16 team dynasty league. Like if, if that's your situation, I think Michael Carter's a sneaky play. Um, Lions at Bears. Um, this is a nah, this, is, bears. this is the nah. game. <laughs> oh, bear. This is the game I want to see the most, and that might sound strange, but there's so many like there's so many X factors in this game. It's gonna be like a it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Uh, the lions are either it, it's like an immovable object meets an, an unstoppable force. Like what wins? Uh, the lions are either last or close to last in every defensive metric metric. They're up against Matt Nagy and that game plan that he puts together for Justin Fields. And Justin Fields, who absolutely sucked in his first game in the NFL. Um, Allen Robinson should be a great play in a, in a, in a matchup like this. Uh, DeMont should be a great play in a matchup like this. Cole Komet should be a great play in a matchup like this. And if Justin Fields is just having an off day because he faced a really good pass rush and a really good defense, which he did then these things could all happen. It's in the realm of possibilities. How are you looking at this Bears offense, and do you want any piece of any of it? Bro,
1: honestly, the Lions' defense is bad, but they've been slightly, slightly better than I expected. I expect them to be league worse. They've at least been bottom of the league but not league worst like they gave lamar jackson fits every now and uh, then. they last gave week. lamar oh.
0: jackson fits because hollywood brown i know hollywood three. brown was dropping passes yeah he they didn't give nothing fits that was that was that game skews how bad they are and makes it look like they're not as bad because they because lamar should have put up 45
1: on them yeah but either way that was one of the worst showings i've ever seen from an offense last week out of chicago And it's not like they were facing some crazy good defense. Cleveland has a strong defense, but it's not like, oh, man, we're playing the Cleveland Browns. Maybe we should sit our players. And it made them look like the Cleveland Browns have one of the best defenses we've seen in the past decade. Now, the Detroit Lions clearly are not the Cleveland Browns level of defense. Still, the way that offense performed last week was absolutely disgusting. And, like, we're talking about a guy in Al Robinson who – Is wide receiver sixty seven on the year, like he's just been consistently average. I don't even think he surpassed forty yards yet in a game. No more than thirty five in a game. Yeah, disgusting. And like, if I had to choose, I'd choose Corey Davis this week over Allen Robinson. And people might say that sounds crazy, but that offense looked absolutely atrocious. It looked really bad with Dalton under center, and then Justin Fields came on their center. I don't know how you could possibly trust these guys in what seems to be like a decent matchup. Cause the last couple of weeks seemed like solid matchups too for Allen Robinson. He started a game with a touchdown two weeks ago and then caught one more ball the rest of the way. Like, I don't see how you could trust Allen Robinson he in this his, game as anything more than a super volatile wide receiver three, even in a terrific matchup, because that's how bad that offense looked.
0: He dropped a second touchdown. I just want to put that out there. He He dropped a second touchdown. Am I crazy to like
1: not hate if Justin Fields is the quarterback in this game, not hate Justin Fields as like a DFS start throw?
0: No, I think that I think that I think that we are underestimating them because of the hardcore doo-doo that we saw last week. Like you can't expect to do that again.
1: Justin Fields was a giant to do.
0: Yeah, but he was he wasn't put in the situation to succeed. Like and you say that about every Doudou quarterback? No, I don't. I call Doudou really, quarterback. You really, did all you the really time. You really Doudou? Just the ones that are under Matt Nagy, because it's true. Because these good quarterbacks are not put in positions to succeed under Matt Nagy, and this guy again won't reveal who's calling plays this this Sunday. Oh my God! I I I want to smash this man's face into like a pie, but like like hard, you know? Like ah, he's just ugh. anyway. Um, on the other side of the ball, though, are a lot of playable players, and I would play the players that you should play. The Bears' rush defense this year is not what it's been in past years, so I'm not scared off from playing. Um, from playing Jamal Williams, if I have to, if I have other options, I'll play him. I think that he's like a flex worthy type play. DeAndre Swift is. I mean, his coach just sang his praises and said that he's going to be getting more work because he's fully healthy. He's already leading the league in in running back catches. So you got to love what's going on there. And I'm still confident in TJ Hawkinson, even though he was mostly a blocker last week. Uh, I don't want any of these other pass catchers, though, because I just can't trust them. And I'm not starting Jared Goff, that's for sure. Uh, is there any anything else that
1: I didn't say? Uh, just that like Goff has thrown to his running back or tight end 54% of the time this year. Those are his real wide receivers. Right when it seemed like Quintus Cephas was... Emerging as like the main target, he had one target last week. So don't consider any of the pass catchers. You could start Swift confidently. And Hawkinson was quiet on Sunday. Two passes, 10 yards. So that's just gonna happen. Like he's not tra- he's not Travis Kelsey. Golf isn't Patrick Mahomes. So Hawks gonna have down games. Just gotta keep throwing him out there anyway. Uh all right, let's go on to the next game. The Colts at the Dolphins
0: is the next game. Uh, I just let's just do this. Let's just cancel this one. I, don't, I don't want anyone in this game. No one. Uh, there's a maybe a couple guys are okay plays. You got to start Jonathan Taylor. Unfortunately, he's been one of the biggest busts in fantasy football. Naheem Hines is always the same. Like ranking Naheem Hines is super hard because he's never going to finish as running back thirty seven or thirty six. He's either going to finish as running back thirteen or running back. Forty-two, like he's like he's the, he's just the type of dude where it's either hit or miss, and you just have to take your chances. Michael Pittman gets Davian Howard, and he's been playing well, but against Davian Howard, that with Carson Wentz a quarterback, that's a guy I'm gonna have to fade this week. Pascal is a TD or bus player, and then on the other side you got Mike Gesicki, who just got twelve targets. I'm playing, I want to play him, but besides that, like I don't want to play anyone. How are you guys
1: feeling about this game? I mean, it's not, it's not super enticing. What's ridiculous that I don't understand? Jacoby Brissett has thrown the ball 89 times in the last two weeks. What the fuck are you doing if
0: Jacoby Brissett's attempting 90 passes? Uh, He was throwing every single play at the end of the game.
1: Like that's yo. Jalen Waddell, 12 catches for 58 yards. That's legendarily bad. Yeah, that is bad. It's really bad. And and then people say, like, oh, Miles Gaskin has Gaskin has had at least five targets in every game. He sucks. Yeah, well, Jacoby Brissett's throwing forty-five passes a game. I'd hope you're getting at least five of them. So the question becomes: When that comes back down to earth, is it going to because be because Gaskin gets more rushes?
0: I don't know. Nothing has given me the the confidence that Gaskin gets more rushes. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm going to p- pull it up. Well, Michael, you tell your, you tell your, your um, your side of the story on this game because I. I'm going to look at the exact rushing percentages, but it's basically been a three-way backfield.
1: Yeah, but um, not really. Salvin Ahmed didn't play much last week. It is basically Miles Gaskin's backfield with a backup. He just hasn't been able to capitalize on that. But uh, Jalen Waddle last week saw 13 targets, caught 12 balls for a whopping 58 total yards, which is just like, come on, Will Fuller. Is dealing with an injury. He returned to practice, but Will Fuller, he needs a downfield thrower, right? Like Jacoby Brissett is the worst case scenario for a guy like Will Fuller, and then you have Devonte Parker on the opposite side, where now we have Waddle getting a bunch of targets, short range. Fuller as a deep guy, Devonte Parker and Mike Gesicki both commanding targets. So even if one of these guys does have a big game, it's going to be basically impossible to decide who. Or to figure out who. And as I just said, Jacoby Brissett sucks. Like he's at quarterback. Let's not forget that. So even if you want to believe in like Jalen Waddell as a wide receiver three, definitely more in PPR leagues, fine. Because it looks like he's just going to get a shit ton of targets. But even Mike Isiki, who saw 12 targets last week. I mean, 10 for 86. He had the best game, but he still played less than 70% of the snaps. If this team, like the Dolphins are not good. I mean the Colts are not have not been good either. So if they're not trailing, how much is Mike Gesicki going to play, right? The only time when they were they played well, week one, at Miami, Durham Smythe played way more than Mike Kosicki did. So Mike Gesicki's always a question mark because he only plays when they need to pass. That entire offense is just boomer bust flex plays.
0: Yeah,
1: I think that's how Gaskin is a boomer bust flex play this week at this point. I don't see how you could trust him as like Which, a.
0: Which, by the RB1 way, or two. my bad, Gaskin only played 52% of snaps last week. 43 snaps to Malcolm Brown's 34, and Salvador May got five. He's getting the targets, but like you said, they're not worth much. But 13 carries to Malcolm Brown's 7 carries last week. Like, that's...
1: I don't want Miles Gaskin for 13 carries. No, thank you. I have no I have no yeah. interest in that. So, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if, like, a, I kind of like Devontae Parker the most of the bunch catching like a contested touchdown because I don't see him connecting with Will Fuller deep Jalen Waddle's going to have to have a big yak play to have a big day who knows how much Kasicki's going to play depending on how that game plays out it could be an ugly offensive performance from both sides so it just the Miami's is just a whole team full of boomer bust flex plays but I if I had to choose Parker would likely be my uh, my choice of the of that group did you mention your
0: thoughts on Michael Pittman you guys, I know we I know we we kind of like smash these two teams together. But what's your thoughts on Michael Pittman? Because Xavier Howard plus Michael Pittman is not a, a a matchup that I I want. If I have another play on the bench, like I'm I'm playing him. If he's one of my you starters, see Hunter, like I'd rather have Hunter Corey Renfro, Davis. Cook, Xavier Howard. Yeah, but that's because Hunter Renfro is he's different. Pittman's not putting that move on Xavier Howard. No, like I'm saying that.
1: that was fire. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, Michael Pittman. I've never been a big Michael. Pittman guy um I mean I was a big Michael Pittman guy out of college but then I this offseason I was not a big Michael Pittman guy at all back-to-back 12 target games is very nice but against the Rams he went eight for 123 which was tremendous but then his 12 targets against Tennessee who has been a an atrocious secondary to start the year six for 68 I don't see huge upside in Pittman either like you said against Xavier Howard and Byron Jones it's not like he's going to um it's not going to be easy pickings for him this week. I don't think he's going to need to see 10 plus targets again. He's going to need to capitalize on those targets. He's another one that I wouldn't want to trust in my wide receiver three slot. I'd rather trust him um, in my flex if I had to, but this is another game where uh, another team where I don't want to have to trust these guys and Zach Pascal. That guy just seems to find the end zone every single game. He's another one if you want to stick him in your flex against the Dolphins. Um, Coming out of, I mean, Pascal comes out of the slot a lot, though, and that's where they're they're mostly beatable without Zabin Howard and Byron Jones. So I understand that. I wouldn't want to chase it. And then Jonathan Taylor, this has to be his game, right? Like, this has to be the game where Jonathan Taylor shows people why he was a first-round fantasy pick in many leagues. He needs to come out run for 100-plus yards, score two-plus touchdowns, and just just right down Miami's throat because that's where they've been beatable. Uh, Peyton Barber just absolutely destroyed Miami, which is hilarious. Right so down, right down the throat. That's how they did it, right yeah. down their throat. And the Raiders, the Raiders don't doesn't have a have great O-line. Big
0: game. Sorry, the, greater, the Raiders don't have a great O-line either, so it's not like it was all the O-line.
1: Yeah, and so if Jonathan Taylor doesn't have a big game, I'd be extremely worried. Um, So... You gotta you have to play Jonathan Taylor. You can like I'm expecting a nice game from him. Um he played well last week in his touches. So you just gotta hope he he's finally able to get that breakout performance going.
0: Yeah, not, I just can't trust Jonathan Taylor right now. But there in no in no scenario almost are you sitting Jonathan Taylor. Unless you're in a dynasty league with the two, issue and you have three guys other stud running backs.
1: Is that Carson Wentz is a fucking scrub? Yeah. I mean it's a, a scr- and that wasn't talked about enough this year when it came to the downside of Jonathan Taylor. No one wanted to say this might be an issue because John because Carson Wentz fucking sucks. Cuz Carson Wentz fucking sucks. <laughs> I mean he had two sprained ankles, bro. Like No, that. he sucks, man. I don't care about sprained ankles. He's been awful for every single game of his career outside of like eight of them 3 years ago. Yeah. So I don't want to hear it anymore. This is an issue with Jonathan Taylor, and if he can't get something going against the team that just gave up 111 yards to Peyton Barber, then sell him while he still has some type of value. That's honestly how I feel about it. I don't think he has a lot of value right now. I think a lot of people
0: are feeling that way. Um, Let's go over to the next game. The Browns at the Vikings. This is going to be a good one. A good test for the Vikings offense. A good test for the Browns defense. A lot of people are shitting on the Browns and saying they're they're frauds on defense. A lot of people shitting on the Vikings and saying they're frauds on offense. But we told you so. We told you Kirk Cousins was capable of this. We told you. Jason, you even told them to draft Kirk Cousins, uh, start him for the first three weeks, and people who did are very happy. Um, But now we're in week four. And he's facing a much harder defense. So is Kirk Cousins still someone that you're trotting out there? And then we'll get to his weapons after that. But I want to know your thoughts on on your guy first. I'm still trotting
1: him out there, man. Kirk Cousins was a top, I think, five. I don't remember the number off the top of my head. Definitely 10, maybe even three quarterback the last eight weeks of last season. This was a stat I had during the offseason. I don't remember. But he was definitely a top 10 quarterback over the last half of last season. And now to start this season, he's been super hot. 20-plus points every week, three weeks in a row. As long as he's this hot, man, I'm throwing him out there. The only concern is that the Browns have the ball for 34 minutes a game. Yeah. But we've seen
0: Kirk Cousins be efficient in less passing opportunity.
1: Yeah, Kirk Cousins is a true throw value prince. Right. And he always sneaks in a few rushing touchdowns every year. So at this point, I, I don't see how you're sitting, Carson. I mean... Kirk Cousins like unless you have him on a team where you also got Jalen Hurts or something if he's your quarterback you're starting him he's my quarterback in our home league and I didn't go pick up a streamer
0: yeah I that then you're you're riding with it so Jason putting his money where his mouth is I got him at QB 11 so I think he's startable obviously um, the running back situation it looks like Dalvin Cook's gonna play uh, if you had Alexander Madison it was a nice one week ha- like for some free points Enjoy it. That's why you got Alexander Madison. Um, but it seems as though Dalvin Cook's going to play, and when Dalvin Cook plays, you start Dalvin Cook. Um, the wide receivers now. Adam Thielen. A lot of people are singing the praises of Adam Thielen. He has four touchdowns. He he looks great in the in the red zone. Jason, you call him a <coughs> you call him a goal line running back wide receiver. Um, but he's he's touchdown dependent. <coughs> Excuse me. Does he get it?
1: Shut up, Tim. Stop coughing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Does but he get look, it or what? At this point, you 1,000% start Thielen and Jefferson every single week because Cousins is a true throw value prince. Adam Thielen is a magician at the goal line. And you say he's um, touchdown dependent, but he's putting up some decent yardage as well this year through the first three weeks. Like, he has over 170 yards through three weeks. Um he has six receptions, nine receptions, six receptions. So he's getting the ball. He's, uh, he's having a great season. Justin Jefferson last week reminded everybody why he's such a stud. He said, don't worry, folks. I'm Justin Jefferson. I'm going to do my thing. And he had a huge game. The real question is, if you're in a pinch, Tyler Conklin and K.J. Osborne. Because the third option on this team is going to produce. It's happened every single week. KJ Osborne had big week one and week two. Tyler Conklin had a big week three. This offense is good enough to support several fantasy viable players. The problem is you never know if it's going to be Tyler Conklin or KJ Osborne. The uh, the Cleveland Browns have been tight against wide receivers so far to start the season, but they also haven't been playing the, uh, the best opponents. And then against the... The tight end, they've been middle of the pack too. So it's not like you could look at that and see, hmm, which, where are they, where could you take advantage of them? It's, it's just a toss up between Conklin and Osborne, in my opinion. Conklin, you're kind of chasing because it's a tight end position, which I don't entirely hate. I think he's a high end tight end too option. Um, He played a lot last week and he had a, he had a very nice game. Um, You can't deny that. So eight targets as well. It's, I don't really know what to do about these guys. Like KJ Osborne is a desperation flex type of guy. I think who you need him to score a touchdown. Um, maybe in deeper leagues you could trust him, but it's one of these guys. that's likely to have a decent game. You just really never know who.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, sounds sounds correct. Um, on Jason, do you have anything to add to that, or do you want to go to the Browns? No, we're good. I mean that this is a this is just happens to be a funnel offense as well. Uh, a funnel offense that's highly efficient. So, like the Chiefs, where you know exactly, all right, you play Tyree Kill, you play Travis Kelsey, you play Patrick Mahomes. Everyone else is a shot in the dark. That's what the Vikings have become. You play Justin Jefferson, you play Dalvin Cook, you play, uh, you play Adam Thielen, you play Kirk Cousins, and everyone else is just a shot in the dark. It's be- because they've been so efficient. So it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a really good test against this Browns defense who, that is good and that has has good corners that has a good pass rush. You know, Miles Miles Garrett right now is I think the favorite to win defensive player of the year. So Miles Garrett playing out of his mind. With that being said, um let's go to the offensive side of the Browns because the Vikings defense has been trash. Um so they're susceptible. OBJ had a good game last game. So if you want to play oh, some OBJ, I'm not against you playing some OBJ. Um, how do you
1: feel about OBJ? Five of nine targets in his return, 77 yards, a 10-yard run. Wide receiver, three-type numbers. That's how I feel about OBJ. He, I, I don't believe that he's the same person who's going to make miraculous catches every week, but he's also not a scrub. The truth of the matter is that this offense runs through the running backs and tight ends. So even though OBJ might have the name, Chubb's going to have more touches every week. Hunt's going to have more touches every week. The combination of Hooper and Joku and Bryant are going to have more touches every week. So at the end of the day, OBJ is the fourth option on a team that doesn't pass that much. I I believe he is. If we're considering the tight ends as a whole, he's going to see fine. His, His stupid. His He's group, the second. Option. His the wide receiver group is the third option. Fine, the wide receiver group. We can is agree the to thir- that. Yeah, we can agree to that. No, what are you talk- OBJ is the number one option. What are you guys saying right now? I'm. I mean, no. I'm with you, Chubb Michael. And Hunt are I'm the more- first two options on this team? Yo, look, Kareem it- Hunt had four targets through the first two games. I'm talking about touches. Touches. All right, man. No. The, all I right, mean, they obviously yes. the running backs. And the tight ends sure. get, get the highest
0: percentage of targets. You can't say that they don't. OBJ but is OBJ, the number one receiver.
1: I agree. No, they did not get the highest. The, week two was not what always happens. Last week, that's not how it worked. All right? OBJ had nine targets. I Austin agree. Hooper and company had, no one had more than three targets of the damn tight ends. So yeah, let's relax. Combined. All right? OBJ is the number one receiver. With that being said, I
0: agree with you, Michael. I think What OBJ does that mean to you, though? What playable. does that mean,
1: though? What what is he this season? He's not a wide receiver one. Who cares about this season? This game. I don't think he's a wide receiver two. This game. Well, there's a game in general. He's he's generally going to be a wide receiver three. I like OBJ this week. Me too. I think OBJ's a pretty good play this week.
0: I'm I I, I think he's a, a high upside guy. I think that um yeah in, in, against Patrick Peterson, who's absolutely toast. Like that guy's been getting torched.
1: Um, I don't want to trust the tight ends either though, even though they are so involved. Cause like I'd play Hooper. Austin Hooper, Hooper caught a touchdown, saw 60% of snaps, but only saw three targets. David Njoku led the tight ends in snaps with 62, saw zero targets. And then Harrison Bryant, 41% of snaps and two targets. Hooper has oh, 11 targets through three games. Like, I don't want to chase any of them. You're just chasing a touchdown and all three of these guys are used everywhere, including the red zone,
0: man. Michael, you just talked me right out of Austin Hooper. I agree yeah. with you now. You just talked me right out of it. I was I was on the Austin Hooper train. I might have to go to my rankings right now and, and downgrade Austin Hooper just because of what you said. Um, the running backs, you got to love playing either of them, right? I think Kareem Hunt was RB2 on the week last week, which is nice to see, but that's what he does. He has these blow-up games. It was cool seeing, like, there was a, a, a behind-the-scenes, like, Mike, like, NFL mic'd up and Kareem Hunt's like this talkative dude and 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 Nick Chubb is like uh this ser- like really serious guy and uh and and someone s- so I don't know Kareem Hunt said something something like uh, if you ain't saying it you ain't doing it if you ain't saying it you ain't doing it and Nick Chubb was like I don't know I'm I'm saying a really really bad story but go check fuck? that out Go check it out. It's I i hey, I have I no idea it up. what you were just saying. I fuck, either way, the guy's chemistry is really good. They're like best friends and they're joking around and one's really stoic and one's really goofy. Um but yeah, that was a terrible way to talk about it. But Anthony Hooper, I mean Austin Hoover, you get you're down under Dawson Knox now. That's what you get. Boom. Um The
1: what? running the running backs you gotta play. I, I have no idea what just happened I just l- I just lowered
0: Hooper in the rankings like I said I would he should be lowered yes right running he backs start Hooper anymore are you are you down with the running backs after my long winded story
1: are, sneak peek buy low sell high my sell high is Kareem Hunt who has the same exact role this year as he had last year right. he's just been uber efficient and uh if you could sell him as a top 15 running back to someone please do um I'm playing Nick Chubb as a high end option here against minnesota this is a very very good matchup and kareem hunt i mean i'm playing him as a low-end rb2 flex play but as always he's gonna have to get it done on 12 to 14 touches if he doesn't find the end zone you'll likely be be disappointed you got to hope he gets involved in the passing game because that's people just assume like yeah he's the pass catching back so he's going to be involved that's not always the case like he had two targets each of the first two weeks it all depends on how that game goes and how that offense is operating Last week was a different story where he was super involved in the passing game, but it was only his second game. Um, Last year, he had one game with seven targets. He had seven targets last week, so it's not something you can expect to happen weekly. So I'm not, like, super high on Kareem Hunt. He's going to need to find the end zone. It is a good matchup for him to be a playable RB2 flex guy, Um, but I'm just – he's a backup running back after all. That's how I feel about Kareem Hunt.
0: Man, I didn't think he's a little bit more than a Michael's right?
1: Michael's quoting me now.
0: It's true, I am. Um, all right. With that being said, you guys ready to go on to the next matchup? I was born ready, my good sir. Washington at the Falcons. Washington. First thing we need to say. Damn. Is Washington Gibson missed practice with a shin injury? The reports are that it's precautionary. Let us all pray to the gods of fantasy football, that Antonio Gibson is fine, and then he could play it 100% against one of the best matchups you could possibly hope for, the Falcons. Um, the one- I'll tell you one
1: thing. If Gibson, if this is a serious injury and he's out, I'm I'm going to rank J.D. McKissick inside of my top 15 running back. 15? Whoa! I was going to say top 24 for sure, but 15 is, is high. Who's going to steal work from J.D. McKissick? It's the Antonio Gibson and McKissick backfield. I mean against Atlanta like I'd be super high. This is new
0: seat. news. Like he he practiced in full on Wednesday. The 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 word is that he got injured at Wednesday's practice. So this is new news. Not great. Not great cotton. <laughs> uh yeah, definitely not great news. So with that being said, let's talk about the wide receivers who will play cuz Terry McLaurin is another smash play wide receiver one play this week for sure. 100% in my opinion. How do you feel?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think at this point with Washington, it's Antonio Gibson, maybe JD McKissick in a decent matchup with this, which this is, especially with uh, Gibson kind of banged up. Now I could see JD McKissick certainly being a flex viable option. You always risk the fact that Washington could just beat Atlanta badly, have a lead, not really need to use McKissick in the passing game. That's always there, that risk. But J.D. McKissick gets involved um, around 30 to 40% of snaps every single game. So I do think he's a flex viable option. But otherwise, you're starting Antonio Gibson for sure. You're starting Terry McLaurin for sure. And Logan Thomas is still seeing 100% of snaps. Like, he's not having any huge games, but playing against Atlanta, he's seeing 100% of snaps with the way this uh, tight end landscape is. If you have Logan Thomas, even though he hasn't been tremendous – you're probably ecstatic that you have him because it means you're not streaming every week and not streaming every week is about as, all you can ask for at this point from the tight end landscape, because it's awful. So basically you're, if you have Logan Thomas, you're starting him period. Yeah. And it's just, a, it's a very simple type of offense like Diami Brown has been playing a lot, not getting involved much. Adam Humphreys. You're not going to trust. That's about it. But I know Jason likes Taylor Heneke, um as a streamer this week. Tim, is that face because of that? Because of Heineke? No, um, I like
0: I like Heineke. What I just Googled something and I got like a. So Jarrett Patterson is the third string running back. If you guys didn't know, he is a rookie um, from Buffalo, and he's 5'8", 195. So th- if if Gibson's out, it's it's McKinnon, and that's who it's going to be. So McKissick, uh, Michael's right? Yeah. McKissick. Sorry, McKissick. That's who it's going to be. I'm trying to find when he was drafted. I'm, I'm I'm guessing he's an undrafted free agent because it seems no one has information on when this guy was drafted or n- not even the internet knows who Jared Patterson is. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. That's, that was a face.
1: Yeah, Jared Patterson is one of the um, preseason hype train guys. So people would probably be like, go grab Jared Patterson. I wouldn't. I just stick with J.D. McKissick. But let Jason speak about Tyler Heineke, will you? I mean, basically, the guy started two full games and he's put up 21 or more points in both games. And it's because... In one game, he threw for three hundred thirty-six yards, and in another game, he had twenty-one rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. The fact is, just he's an athletic dude, and if he has to make plays, he's been able to make plays. And the Falcons' defense is to do against everyone besides Daniel Jones. And I called that because Daniel Jones is more of a to do than the Falcons' defense. Yes,
0: you did, and I I ranked him like QB seventeen as well. Like I was, you know,
1: I wrote in, um start sit last week i said sit daniel jones um he's worse against bad defenses because he actually has to throw in that case and he's not going to use his legs and after he disappoints all of the rankers who do not have their own opinions are going to go back to ranking daniel jones in the back in the late 20s and that's exactly what's happening yep. because all of a sudden the upside that he had last week doesn't exist anymore because he was bad again With that said, Tyler Heineke is a good start. <laughs> like, a, a decent streamer, I think, this week. Tyler Would Heineke has start... been a, a QB1 both weeks. Would you start Heineke over Ryan Tannehill this week? No. It's tough. No, but it's close. It's
0: tough. It is. It's, it's close, but no, I wouldn't. Um, that's a, that's a good question, Michael. You're making me think, kid. You're making me think. You're making me crazy. Um, Let's go to the Falcon side. Washington has allowed the most points to fantasy QBs. This ha- this has to be the time you play Matt Ryan, right? No, no, you never play Matt Ryan ever in your life. Don't you ever play Matt Ryan? Um, <laughs> Kyle Pitts uh, is also the secret wide receiver. Kyle Pitts, guess what? Is a tight end, uh, and not a very good one at the moment because he's a rookie, and that's how it goes. Who could have seen this coming? Oh, who knows. Um, I'll play Calvin Ridley and I'll play Cordell Patterson. The reason I'll play Calvin Ridley is because he's the number one guy. But I don't feel the same way about Calvin Ridley that I did in the beginning of the off season. And I'm very happy I only have one share of him throughout my teams because I hate having that one share that I already have. Um, Cordell Patterson, on the on, on the other hand, I like him on this Falcons team because he's the best running back, first of all, and he's the best pass catching back. And Matt Ryan sucks. Vis-a-vis, he's going to throw to the running back a lot. So, if so facto, I like I like Cordell Patterson. I don't think what he's been doing in the early going is a fluke. I think this is something that can be kept up, uh, and I think it will be kept up. So Ridley and Cordell Patterson are plays for me in this game, but everyone else, I'm fading.
1: I mean, I think the Cordell Patterson hype's going a little too far. Like, I get it. He's been good 21-and-a-half and then 13-and-a-half fantasy points these last two weeks, seven targets in each game. But, again, he saw 42% of snaps, which was an increase from the 33 he saw the two weeks prior. But Mike Davis, still 60%, was in the lead, saw four targets himself. Like, this is an atrocious offense. Like, th- we speak about the Falcons' offense, and like, Calvin Ridley hasn't been great because of how bad it is. Kyle Pitts hasn't because of how bad it is. But let's start the backup running back. Like, no, man. Like, if you want to start Cordell Patterson in your flex – or Mike Davis in your flex, like they're setting themselves up with a decent floor because they get so many targets. And for whatever reason, the the Falcons still are trying to like set up the run game with these guys too. Like Mike Davis just had 12 rushes against the Giants, but I'm not excited about it. Like people are getting too hyped about Cordell Patterson because really one huge week, like if he has a bad week against Washington, Are we really going to be sitting here next week saying Cordell Patterson's a great start in the flex if he has a bad week now? Or are people just hyping him up because of recency bias? That's how I feel about Cordell Patterson. I don't want to start him. I wouldn't feel comfortable and happy about it. I'd start Calvin Ridley. I'd likely start Kyle Pitts if I have him because that means you drafted him high and you probably don't have a better tight end option. Washington isn't a bad matchup at this point of the season. They've really been bad on defense overall. But, I mean, that's about it. Like, I'm not happily starting Cordero Patterson. One thing about Mr. Cordero, he has been... Why
0: why did you turn into an old-timey sheriff? Because I got to tell you about my (laughs) man
1: Cordero. Before he went missing with the old tumbleweeds. (laughs) He has gotten a carry or a target of 50% of his snaps played this year. I mean, that's a lot. That's all I'll say, man. You don't need to start him. He's only played 36% of snaps. But if my math is correct, that means he's touched the ball on 18% of the Falcons' plays. I'm with that. Which is a decent amount.
0: Yeah. It's a decent Listen, amount.
1: Mike Davis is a fucking
0: to-do. There have been plenty of running backs that only catch passes that are fantasy-relevant throughout time, throughout the history of this thing we call fantasy football. This is no different. I think that he's going to be relevant every week. Uh, he'll have his down games because he's Cordell Patterson and the Falcons are the Falcons. But for the most part, they're going to be down. They're going to struggle to move the ball, so they're going to have a lot of outlets passes to the running back. Um, let's move on to the next game, shall we? Quick note: Start Logan's comments that was that came through a super like but he said uh, start logan thomas yeah for sure i mean we mentioned logan thomas michael had a whole little spiel about him um let's go on to the next game texans at the bills um look i don't want to start any texans is the is my default strategy but brandon cook seems to murder me every week with his bursting my expectations and I'm, I'm yeah, gonna, at this point. I'm gonna be you stubborn. Start though. Brandon Cooks. I'm gonna be stubborn though. <laughs> he's in. He's within the top 36. But I just don't see how they score. How he catches balls against the Bills and Isaiah McKenzie, who's one of the better cornerbacks in the league.
1: Isaiah McKenzie. You mean Tredavious White? Tredavious White. Why did I say Isaiah McKenzie? Goodness My gracious God. Tim. That's a because long time Because you ago. suck with names. Yeah, I do. Tredavious no, White. McKenzie, me. Is there No Isaiah McKenzie is there their other their kick, returner, no, wide kick returner, What the fuck is wrong with me right now? Just stop stop speaking please. Tredavious White
0: you. is what I meant to say. Go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I mean, Brandon Cooks has just been falling out, man. Like 16 and a half fantasy points, 18 and a half, 17.2 and a half PPR. He's been a machine. Uh, he's been playing as a QB-proof wide receiver. They're getting, you have someone seeing as many targets as Brandon Cooks is seeing and putting up the numbers he's putting up, you start him, period. Um, They're going to have to throw a ton against the Bills. I don't expect it to be a very... A very good game out of houston but brandon cooks has just been balling i've been downing him for weeks now and he's been proven we all have he's been proven us all wrong so maybe now that i'm actually saying start him he's gonna suck but <laughs> i don't see how you could possibly not start brandon cooks yeah. at this point
0: you're right it's it sucks to say i don't want any other texans it's a it's you know it's an unpredictable backfield it's uh, a lowly drafted quarterback uh, who's a rookie Against a Bills defense that's been very good in the early going. And this is something that happened last year, too, where the Bills defense kind of fell off towards the end. It's because when you have an offense like the Bills have where you don't run the ball at all, your defense kind of gets worn out later in the year. But they were pretty good in the beginning of the year, and that's what they're doing again this year. Um, And they're running the ball more. So let's go over to the Bills side because all of a sudden, Zach Moss is a thing. Um, Three touchdowns in the last two weeks, but again, touchdown dependent. Uh, Devin Singletary, you can't play right now, but can you play Zach Moss? Where did this come from, dude?
1: Like Zach Moss was a healthy scratch nah, week 1. No, no, it, week it turns two, out
0: it, he, the, I just read a I read a report that it it wasn't a healthy scratch. They it seemed like a healthy scratch cuz he was so late, but apparently he like tweaked something and it was a unhealthy scratch.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, so but then a, week 2 he only really played in garbage time and then week 3 Devin Singletary struggles a little bit to start and Zach Moss takes over, has a big game. Now, what's hilarious to me is people saying go grab Zach Moss He could really set himself apart in this backfield this week. Like, yeah. Okay. Let's go with that. Now. Zach Moss is going to take over the backfield. It's not going to keep being split. Just like everyone said, week one, Devin Singletary took over the backfield. These people piss me off. It's the Buffalo bills running backs. You want to start one each week. Good for you. I absolutely don't. It's the Houston Texans, which means one of them will likely be viable but Devin Singletary started last week and he'll likely start again this week and if he doesn't suck to start maybe he'll be the one who gets more touches this time. It's a hot hand situation. I don't understand why people I don't understand why people are acting like they understand this backfield now. It's stupid. It's a hot hand. Both situation. of these guys both of these guys are flex-worthy plays for upside against Houston. But that's about it. Like they, yeah, I think one of them could possibly go off for two touchdowns and have a huge game, but also don't be surprised if they suck because They're just, they have not been a very productive tandem in the past, and they just haven't been worthy fantasy players dating back to last season. So people need to chill with the hype train around the Buffalo backfield. It's a toss-up this week for me, too, with these guys, even though it's such a nice matchup, because one of them is likely to play more than the other. They're going to need touchdowns to, to come through. And that's about it. Like, I'm not super excited about either of these guys. Um,
0: Stefan Diggs is someone who hasn't been great, um, but he's number three on the unrealized adjusted air yards, uh, the, the what we mentioned before. So lots of opportunity. Not Like, this it's not going Stefan Diggs' way. I think that this is probably the game where he breaks out. Um, but there is a scenario where you know, the Bills get up early and they don't pass the ball anymore. So be wary of that. I think you need to be wary of that with Josh Allen. Sometimes these matchups that are just like, Diggs is going to smash and Josh Allen is going to smash and, you know, uh, Emmanuel Sanders is going to smash and Cole Beasley is going to smash. Dawson Knox is going to smash. Like, yeah, it could, it could happen. And I, I hope it does happen because you want a piece of all of this type of offense. But with that being said, though, this is the type of game where, you know, maybe, you know, Devin Singletary or the fullback puts one in and the or the backup tight end puts one in and you're in and they get up early and they just kind of run the clock out and all these games, you still get good games from these guys, but not the games that you expect when you see a matchup like the Texans. Um so, you know, just don't expect blow ups like as a foregone conclusion, although it's you know, it's I want a piece of every single like I would start Emmanuel Sanders, I would start Stefan Diggs, I would start Dawson Knox. I would start Cole Beasley. I would start all those guys.
1: I, I just want an original thought from someone regarding Dawson Knox. Michael, you've been on Twitter
0: today too much or something? You're really mad at the other fantasy analysts out, out there right now.
1: <laughs> Bro, I I scour other fantasy sites. Let's see what they're putting out there. Like, some people have good information. The fact that I saw Dawson Knox on every single list is reciting the same exact Houston sucks against tight ends, bro. Start Dawson Knox. He scored touchdowns. This I, is a guy who's also not involved in the offense much. And I love Dawson Knox as a late-round dart throw this offseason. I tweeted about you drafting him for free in FFPC premium tight end leagues, and it's been great. Very well, let's not act like let's not act like Dawson Knox isn't who he is. If he doesn't score a touchdown, you're gonna be upset that you started him. He is a touchdown dependent tight end option so let's all stop acting like he's this tremendous sleeper streamer option this week all right because if he doesn't find the end zone you're gonna be like shit i started dawson knox he got me two and a half points michael
0: every, what you just said can literally be said about like all tight ends but eight of them maybe i'm aware maybe seven i'm it, aware when you're on an offense like this that's
1: that's why you play but i just knox. want someone to have a fucking original thought Everyone's favorite tight end streamer this week is Dawson Knox for the same exact reasons. Let's not act like Dawson Knox is just a tremendous player out of nowhere. Is he and a big part of this offense? Is he this week's Daniel Jones? He's I'm, this week's Daniel Jones. I mean, he doesn't I, score a touchdown and everyone's going to be like, Oh, everyone told me to start Dawson Knox. Ah, oh, he didn't do good. Nah. All right. I mean, I think I'm so just enough. I, I have a, you hype up <laughs> players based on talent and situation not only because of matchup like we're doing here with Dawson Knox.
0: Michael, I'll bet you that Period. Dawson Knox scores a touchdown this week.
1: Yeah, and I'll take that bet? bet.
0: All right, great. Yes. I'm starting Dawson Knox. I I had the original thought to start him, okay? I don't even
1: think he's a bad <laughs> streamer. Like he is a decent streamer this week. I just want people to have a
0: fucking original thought. Uh Michael, you're going to go chill out, like to make it maybe take a shot of uh some some sort of liqueur and uh we're going to talk about the Giants at the Saints, the next game on the docket. If you are the manager of Saquon, I mean, uh, of Saquon or of Alvin Kamara, you're happy with what you saw last week. The Saints had a tough matchup against the uh, Patriots, one where I put Alvin Kamara as like RB6. That was a really big miss. And uh, he came through. On the other side, Saquon played the vast majority of snaps, was pretty good. Um, I'm excited to play both of them in this game. I know the Saints defense is much better than the Giants defense, but I'm excited to still play both of
1: them. How do you guys feel about the running backs here? The New Orleans Saints are the run heaviest team in the NFL. Uh, that week. Alvin Kamara this season has two games of 20-plus carries. This is shout-out to Pat Fitzmorris by the way, for this one. They are a good follow. Kamara has 20-plus carry games this season. Before this year in his entire career, he had one such game. He has already doubled his career 20-plus carry games. Right now, the Saints are Kamara or bust. It's basically the Jets of Corey Davis or bust, except Kamara is obviously, you know, like better and going to get more touches. But what I'm saying is there's one person on the offense you can start, and the rest of the offense can suck it. (laughs) Guys, not a single... Player on the New Orleans Saints has seen more than six targets in a game this year. The only ones who have seen six are Alvin Kamara and Adam Troutman. And Adam Troutman saw six week one and then has one target in weeks two and three combined. That's wild. This is just a ridiculously bad passing offense at the moment. If I was the Saints, I'd just start Taysom Hill because Jameis Winston looks like he doesn't want to play football, apparently. Um, Taysom gives that. you
0: so much, man.
1: Yeah. And what are you I'd really losing? Hill.
0: What are you losing?
1: So basically, you start Alvin Kamara, and that's it, in my opinion, because like Jason said, and like what I just said with the targets, the shit is ugly, super ugly, even against the Giants.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Giants aren't a horrible defense, but they're an overrated defense. Um, let's go over to the Giants' side. Kenny Galladay shit the bed in what should have been a good matchup, uh, which is really disappointing. But Bro, everyone Kenny else is hurt. got
1: Kenny Galladay got out-targeted by Colin Johnson, who was on the Jaguars when the season started and got cut and signed by the Giants. He out-targeted Kenny Galladay in a game where Kenny Galladay played 85% of snaps and was healthy the entire time. Sterling Shepard got injured. Darius Slayton got injured. Evan Ingram returned and out-targeted Kenny Galladay. Saquon out-targeted Kenny Galladay. This is another... Like, this is another super ugly game. I feel like there's a lot of super ugly games this week overall on the docket. You start Saquon Barkley because he's he's back, it looks like. He's getting the vast majority of touches. Devontae Booker was even a healthy scratch last week, which was shocking to me. So it's like they're obviously fully invested in Saquon Barkley being the main guy again. And I don't see how you could possibly trust anyone else on this offense, except maybe, like Jason brought up, Daniel Jones being the, the you know, the ugly girl in the movie who takes off her glasses and becomes like super hot. That was Daniel Jones last week. And now she's back to wearing the glasses and the ponytail and all that. It's not what I said at all, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, he might have to, he might have to rush for like 90 yards for a chance to beat the saints here or to put up points against the saints. So I, I actually don't think he's a terrible streaming option. I'd rather not stream him, but I'm also not just throwing the, that idea out the window, depending on who's available. Uh, Okay, Uh, I just want to talk about Kenny Galladay because it's just going back. Like when you look at it
0: now, Matt, you see how good Matt Stafford is, and you look back at that Lions passing attack the last few years with Kenny Galladay. And Kenny Galladay had good seasons, but never kind of got over the hump to a great season. And I think when he hit free agency, the Giants they gave him the money that said, "You have not reached your highest potential yet, Um, and we hope you reach it with the Giants." What I think by realizing how good Matt Stafford is is like maybe Matt Stafford got the most out of Kenny Galladay that could have possibly gotten out of Kenny Galladay, and now because when you're on the field and you're getting out targeted by Colin Johnson, it's you know there's only so much you can blame on the quarterback. You you got to get open. If you're open, he'll hit you because he's he's completing passes to Colin Johnson. So it's it's it, I would be alarmed right now if I was a Giants fan, not just a not just a manager of Kenny Galladay, which by the way, I traded my first round pick this year. Two years ago, I traded my first round pick this year for a second round pick that year, which turned into Kenny Galladay. What a terrible decision that was. I would have had I would have loved to have twelve well, it's a sixteen team league, but
1: sixteen rookies in this class over Kenny Galladay right now in the Dynasty League. Um Yeah. And one more thing about Daniel Jones week one of last season, he threw for 279 yards. That's week one of 2020. He has not surpassed 270 passing yards since. So it's not like he's a high passing yard type of guy. Kenny Galladay needs to find the end zone period. And he just has not been connecting with Daniel Jones. And now Marshawn Lattimore has been back to playing elite level cornerback play. This year, he's highly ranked in PFF and has just been terrific in man coverage. So it's just it's not looking good for Kenny Galladay as anything more than like a, again like a desperation flex type of guy.
0: Let's move over to our last game on this first episode: the Chiefs at the Eagles. Um, I mean with the Chiefs, we always say the same thing, and we're going to say the same thing again probably. It's start Tyree Kill. Like Tyree Kill has had two bad games in a row. Um, not usually the Tyreek Hill way. I mentioned the other t- the other day, since 2015, he has not put together two healthy weeks in a row of less than wide receiver two performances, and he's done that now. Um, with that being said, he's never even come close to sniffing three in a row. And I think that that's still the case here. There's nothing about the Chiefs that scares me. So Tyreek Hill, yes. Travis Kelsey, yes. Pat Mahomes, yes. The question is, what do you expect at a CEH? After everyone kind of made put CEH's coffin together and and buried him. He went and had himself a good week last week. So how are you feeling against him against the Eagles?
1: It was such a CEH good week though, AKA boring ass yards, <laughs> not a lot of action in the passing game. And he had an important fumble. He also doesn't really see the goal line carries on this offense. I don't see C H becoming more than a back-end RB2. I don't know, man. Like, I get it. Like, there's upside here. But I, I noted last week that this offense isn't the Cream Hunt running back offense it used to be. They don't run as much. They don't pass to the running back as much. It might have to do with the fact that C isn't Cream Hunt. So you're probably going to start him if you have him. And last week was a good sign. He had 100 yards. But he doesn't have that upside that people think he does. He's probably going to end with between 6 and 12 points, and you just hope that he finds the end zone.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the that's the tag, he should, that should be, be the doing tag so line. much better this year. That should be the tagline of CEH, 6 to 12 points, and hope he finds the end zone. Uh, Kansas
1: City defense is last in DVOA against the run and pass. Can- it's wild. Can- Kansas City. Jason just flipped over to Philly without you transitioning. That's just what happened. So, Philly? I want to talk about my guy. Go Jalen motherfucking Hurts. Go ahead. Even in an awful showing last week, a despicable game, still ended up with over 20 fantasy points, quarterback nine on the week. There's no way Jalen Hurts is not a top 10 quarterback week in, week out. I'd be surprised if he finishes outside of quarterback one range, top 12, more than three times this season, and that might even be a lot. This guy is the... He's the gem. He's the Lamar Jackson. He's the Patrick Mahomes. He might not be as talented as those guys in real life, but it doesn't matter. He's going to put up QB1 numbers every week. And when it comes to, because also his his targets are all, they're spread out and the fantasy world is confused about them. Stop starting Dallas Goddard. The man barely plays in front of Zach Ertz. He has 11 targets through three games, the same as Zach Ertz. Fucking fetch is never going to happen. Dallas Goddard's never going to happen. Enough with this fucking guy. And then you want to talk about biases. Michael talk about recency bias. What about anchoring bias? The fact that the first thing we saw from Devonte Smith was a 16-point game. So no one wants to mention the fact that the last two weeks, he's done nothing. I think people are and very... And if those weeks were flipped, if the last two were flipped and then he had a good game three, people wouldn't be as high on him, one, and two... Jalen Rager is seeing the more valuable targets at the moment. He led the team in targets. He's seeing the targets in the end zone. Every time I watch the Eagles and I see a throw in the end zone or a long throw, it's not Devontae Smith. Like, I wonder how he even gets his numbers. And then you check and you're like, oh, well, there's barely any numbers to get. Yeah. This game I think is a big test for Devontae Smith. Cause like I said, the defense is awful. Been extremely bad. So, I'm firing up Hurts. Devonte Smith has wide receiver three flex upside. I even think Jalen Rager is flex upside. And people are going to yell at you to start Dallas Goddard in the weird, weak, weak, weak tight end landscape, and it's going to be a shootout, yada, yada. The guy is a part time tight end on the Eagles offense. So, I'm not with that.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely not. Um, it's interesting because, yeah, this is a bad matchup, but you kind of don't want to play any Eagles. You, you're obviously going to play Miles Sanders, but they even fucked up Miles Sanders. In a game where they couldn't move the ball at all, they gave him five touches. He got like 11 yards per carry. Feed the man the ball. He's the only one moving the sticks for you, but he they didn't do it. And like you said, the Chiefs, I didn't even realize they were lasting both pass and run here in DVOA. If you look at the DVOA chart from Football Outsiders, which DVOA is like, a, is like weighted defense, um, they're dead last across every category, every single one. So this is a defense that's been playing horrible, and it, it's this seems like the kind of t- day where Jalen Hurts has you know thirty five points, and he he no one else really does anything. And you're like, how did he do it? It's like he did it, you know, he kind of did it all by himself. But I I'm playing Miles Sanders, and I'm uh, hoping for the best in this game too, though.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, Tim. Miles Sanders is in a very good spot here. To bounce back, Um, I think he's a locked and loaded high-end RB2 this week. Last week was a strange game. I'm not considering it too much, honestly. I'm just going to put Miles Sanders back in my lineup and expect a decent showing here against KC, maybe like an Austin Eckler light showing from last week with um, rush attempts and receptions mixed in and what could be a high-scoring bout. So I'm with you on Sanders. All right, that'll
0: do it for the first slate of Gomez. Um, as they would say, if those were Greek letters, it would, it would read gomez Um, Mike, where did they find you?
1: At Brodo Mike. Jason? At Brodo Jason. You can find me at
0: Brodo Tim. You can find Cass at Brodo Casanova. See what we did there? Oh man. Branding. Um, at Brodo Fantasy is the place where you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And on top of all that, BrodoFantasy.com and the fantasy football by Brodo app. Come and join us in episode number two. Although you know the, the biggest the biggest conundrum of my life is definitely um, more people listen to episode two than they do episode one. Um, it's been like that throughout our entire five years of doing this podcast, and it, it seems it's like Spotify's dumb as shit. <laughs> I mean, it's our fault, not Spotify.
1: I you know. I hated the day when they swapped everything. Like now, your playlists have all your old songs first. No, they don't. Then podcasts and stuff. Yes, they do.
0: No way. I don't have that. What, did I not get a Is update that or something? Is editable
1: or something?
0: It has to be. I don't have that. That sounds horrible. That sounds like the worst thing ever.
1: It's fucking, It's the worst. I know. Nah. I have to scroll bad far if I want to listen to my new music. No,
0: no, 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 no. You definitely have to do something about that. 100%. I'm going to look into this right look now. Look into that right now. All right. With that, while Jason looks into that, we'll sign off. See you soon. Or maybe you already listened to us in two and it's see you later. And Either way, have a good week. Later. Later.